All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. Dog. I thought you'd be bigger. Hello, hello, I'm Katie, and welcome to Retromade, your pop culture rewind. Ready for another trip down memory lane? I seriously cannot wait to cover this amazing Patrick Swayze performance that has attained true cult status. We'll be traveling back to May of 1989 to discuss the epic action thrill ride that is Roadhouse and all of the other goings on of the time. And I am so excited to have Jamie Fenderson and Milo Dennison from the 80s and 90s Uncensored podcast here with me today. Thanks, guys, for joining me. Greetings. Thanks for having Please us. Tell us about you and your show. Uh, well, it's basically the 80s and 90s. So if it happened during to those two glorious decades, it is up for discussion. We'll do things like uh, retrospectives where we talk about historic events. Uh, we might do verses where we see who would win in a cage match between Prince or Michael Jackson. Various in-depth discussions about the 80s and 90s. That's pretty much it. We record once a week, episodes every Monday. I love your show. Thank and you. you guys, if you like Retromade, please check out Jamie and Milo's show. It's really fun. It's fun. It's fun doing it. Like I think that's the main reason why is we both really enjoy making the show. Uh, we don't yeah, have anything I've, else to do either, so we're pretty much like... Yeah. <laughs> it shows that you guys are like legit <laughs> friends outside the show. Speaking of 80s and 90s, I think we should get into the Thank retro you. frame of mind by opening the time capsule from May 1989. According to Nielsen ratings from the 88-89 season, there's some popular primetime TV. I'm curious what you guys think of these shows. If you were watching them if or if you have any specific thoughts, we have. The Cosby Show, Roseanne, A Different World, Cheers, The Golden Girls, Who's the Boss, Murder, She Wrote, Empty Nest, and then two other shows that I'll get into in a second that I hadn't, that I didn't think were big at the time. But before I get into those, do you have any thoughts about that top lineup? Cheers is probably in my top 10 list, if not top five. I am actually, my wife had never seen it and we're rewatching it right now. And we're currently on season four or five. Uh, I think it's five. And so, uh, so that's how great of a show this is that I'm forcing my wife to sit down and watch it with me. I can't believe yeah, she's Yeah, I was rewatching Cheers during the pandemic. I was rewatching <laughs> it because like, you can't go out. I'm like, man, I miss going to the pub. This sucks. But I was like, oh, wait, there's Cheers. So, and it's streaming for free. <laughs> So I, I rewatched Cheers during the pandemic and I like I had some of my own beer. Like I was just like pretending I was hanging out with Norm and the gang. I love that. It, it worked out. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, the Cosby show is an interesting one because it is a really good show. But thanks to Bill Cosby's outside of the office uh, behavior. curricular activities. <laughs> yeah. It uh, it doesn't really get brought up too much anymore. Um, you don't really see people rewatching it, which is yeah, unfortunate because it everybody really watched show. it back then, though, bro. Remember, yeah. and it wasn't like Absolutely. a racial thing or anything. It was like everybody watched the Cosby Show back then, and you didn't know about whatever is happening today. So it, that was the show that everybody watched. 
It was American. And I remember family. Roseanne too. Ro- Roseanne was like my mm. was a trip because it was like more like my family mm. than than all the other sitcom families. Like they're all kind of perfect. You wish you had that family, but Roseanne's kind of blue collar and they have issues. I was like, that's that's more like my family actually. So I, that's why I like Roseanne a lot. I think that's why it resonated with so many others is that so many families could relate to it because it wasn't perfect and their house isn't always this like perfect show home. And, you know, I mean, it's like the anti-Huxtables. Every season that it was on, it listed it like in the top 10 shows for Nielsen ratings. But it is too bad that obviously people don't feel comfortable or have a different. It just doesn't hit the same now, which is unfortunate. So anything but love was a show that was in the top Nielsen ratings for this season. Had you guys ever heard of it? I had not. I don't think Anything so. Who was in love? it? Yeah, it's so it starred Richard Lewis as Marty Gold and Jamie Lee Curtis as Hannah Miller, co-workers at a Chicago magazine with a mutual romantic attraction who struggled to keep their relationship professional. So, you know, same story, but I had actually never heard of it, but it must have for a short time, been rated really well. I'd never seen it. For like one season, it was super yeah. popular. And then yeah. nobody watched it after that. Exactly. I've never heard of it either. That's news no, to I've me. Never. Do you know how many seasons it was on? It wasn't just one. It was like two okay. or three, if I recall correctly. And another one that was in the top rated shows for this season was Dear John oh, with yeah. Judd Hirsch. Dear which John. Which surprised me. I actually never seen an episode, but I'm aware of what it is. Dear Have you John. seen it or heard of it, Milo? You, you're shaking. I've your never head. heard of it, but I'm guessing Jamie has because he's. Yeah, I'm singing the theme there. song for it. I remember that one. I remember the theme song for it. By the time you get this letter, I'll be gone, dear John. I remember the theme song for it. I don't <laughs> yeah, know if I ever it. watched a lot of it, but I remember the theme song for it. Yeah, I've actually seen the opening. Like, it must come on in syndication after something else that I watch. But it's a sitcom set in New York where Judd Hirsch stars as John Lacey, a teacher at a prep school in Manhattan. And after 10 years of marriage, one day he returns home and finds a Dear John letter. His wife, Wendy, is leaving him for his best friend. So that's the premise of the show. But yeah, it doesn't look good to me. So this is 88, 89. Seinfeld premieres in 89. Did you guys recall it being that far back, like even in the 80s? I don't. Didn't Friends also premiere that same year? Was it like, because I don't remember because they were both on the same night. Like Friends was Thursday earlier night, and then NBC. Seinfeld was after. Yeah, the Thursday yeah. night lineup. Yeah. Friends, I think, started in 94. Oh, okay. So it was a so few years Seinfeld later. Seinfeld had been but... on for a while then. Well, well Seinfeld, Seinfeld was... was- so long lived and it was such yeah. a it was on for a long time and it's such it is associated with the 90s so much that it's it you come when you think 89 it's like oh wait go went back that far wow yeah. Yeah. it did i mean and if you watch those early seasons like the hair like elaine's hair and <laughs> some of the clothes are very, <laughs> very so that 80s. tracks a little bit also the simpsons premiered <laughs> 89 Huge. I was never into The Simpsons, but yeah, it's huge. And then Twin Peaks, Baywatch, and American Gladiators. Do you guys remember American Gladiators? I don't remember, man. That's awesome. I loved it, dude. That was so cool. 
I feel like I saw, are they coming back? Are they doing like a remake or a... Well, they had done a remake, I think. Okay. I think, but what they, Netflix has a very recent, I haven't seen it yet, but a very recent a documentary that they just released. That's what released. I'm thinking of. And, and I want to watch it. I haven't yet, but I guess it gets shady. Like American Gladiators got pretty shady behind the scenes, right? Like a lot of shady Shocker. stuff going on. So I'm I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see what um what kind of shady action was going on because I love that show. It's kind of athletic average Joes against these like giant people who are trying to like stop them from and, and all the obstacles, all that stuff. It was so cool. And they had names like Nitro and Blade Hawk. or something like that. Yeah, Blade <laughs> like He Man type stuff. Like yeah, Lace. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to check yeah, out that documentary. It must have been on. I, I vaguely remember watching it, but I feel like it was on like after school or something. I when it was yeah. on, but I remember the theme song for that too. Remember that? And then you have a very good memory. Jamie's got a got a brain for theme songs for shows from the eighties. I love that. I would put. I would put him up in a trivia contest if okay. that was the subject. Absolutely. My head's full of 80s TV theme songs for real. It's not a joke. It's a disease, well, man. <laughs> oh, no, my brain is the same way. I have all this useless knowledge. But anyway, so therefore we have podcasts about it, right? Yeah. yeah. Got to cure it somehow. Uh, I, did, <laughs> I, I did watch Twin Peaks out of those, though. I was one of those people that was really into it and like, it was huge. The thing they yeah. had the game, I think McDonald's or what something had like a game that associated to it. Maybe not McDonald's. It might have been something else. No. And everybody's trying to guess who killed her and stuff. And being from Seattle or actually at the time I was living in Spokane. Um, but I mean, it was filmed in Washington State. So we've got that. It's filmed right, 15 minutes from my house. Actually, we can mm -hmm. go to Tweed's Cafe. Yeah, totally. Get some pie. Get some pie. On location filming. I very much prefer that. You can feel oh, it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It The thing with Twin Peaks, though, is like it started off so great. That first season was so brilliant. And then it just got so weird. And you're like, mm. you can't follow it. it. It was quite unfortunate. I feel like I've seen a few episodes, but I never really got into it. Oh, yeah. Wow. I have. I, I had. I probably don't have it anymore. It might be in a box in storage. The CD, the soundtrack CD. And I had a copy of Laura Palmer's Diary. So they oh, actually you were published legit in I was legit it. Twin Peaks mm -hmm. fan. Absolutely. Did David you watch Lynch, the new brilliant. one? I did. Again, I didn't like it. It just uh, went downhill uh, and I just didn't much care for it at all. Uh, but I did watch it. I had to watch it. Do you guys have any guesses as to what famous show ended this year, 89? Like a primetime show. It ended in 89. It was a primetime show. Dynasty, one of those kind of those kind of uh No, it was a sitcom. Oh, it was I'll a give sitcom? you another hint. It was a sitcom. Night Court. Good guess. But no. Mm. Oh. Give up. Yeah, if give you up. know the theme song, do the theme song and <laughs> oh, see God, it no. you can guess it. Sing it. Um Sing it, Katie. <laughs> it would give it away. Sha la 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 la. Oh, uh uh, uh Family Ties? Yeah, yeah. Family Ties ended in 89. What would we do, baby, without a... Sha-na-na-na. 
Yeah, much better. I have no talent for singing. We have a whole episode where we sing out theme songs. It's very pitiful, but we did it. <laughs> it's quite sad. Yeah. I loved that show. Uh, I Michael J. Fox was the coolest. I wanted to be him. Like when I was when I was a kid, I'm like, oh, come on, he wears suits. I want, I thought Republicans were cool back then. I'm like, I want to be a Republican because Michael J. Fox is a Republican. Oh, funny! It's fantastic. Yeah, that's great. That lasted a long time because I think it was on, it started like in the pretty early 80s. I think we're probably all about the same age. So like Saturday mornings, what were you guys watching and what cereal were you eating? What were your faves on Saturday mornings? 1989. I was eating cereal for sure. We we have a whole episode about cereal too. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we like, we, I know we both like, because we did an episode about cereal and we both like uh, Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. Crunch Berries mm. was the good Crunch one. The Berries regular Captain good. Crunch, not a, no, but the Crunch Berries Crunch one. Berries and, and they were so good, even though they kind of shredded your mouth up, you still ate them. You're like, this is too good. I know it's going to hurt later, but we're going we're gonna to eat them. But we also- Golden Grams. Golden Grams were good. Grams, yes. But we also get the bag cereal because we were poor. So we we're like, oh, here's my, here's my plucky, plucky charms. They're not real lucky charms, you know, kind of bag cereal. Remember the bag Cocoa cereal? Puffs? Yeah, I totally do. Like yeah. the, the, the Cocoa Puff version, the Fruity Pebble mm-hmm. version. Now um, they're called Dino Bites. Okay. Fruity Dino <laughs> Bites and Choco Dino Bites. <laughs> I actually ate a bowl of tricks like two days ago. Like I have mm-hmm. tricks. Tricks is right legit. Now. Was it good? It was good. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like Did a it... child still. I still eat kid cereal. And it turned your milk pink? My uh, my almond milk, yes. Mm-hmm. And cartoons, was this like Thundercats? Was this the yeah, kind of Thundercats? Thundercats? We were watching, we were boys, so we were watching like those Thundercats and Ninja Turtles and all those kind of yeah. action he, stuff. He-Man. And, I, yeah, and, if uh, He-Man was still around, I know He-Man by 89, maybe He-Man went, went the way of like maybe he was canceled by then, but Transformers probably still around, I'll bet. Transformers, yeah. yeah, T.I. Joe, kind of all those action. And, and, and you know, back in the 80s, they're like, by the way, we have toys. Go, go buy toys. Everything had a toy tie-in, right? The whole purpose of the commercial, or I mean, the whole purpose of well, the Well, that's what it was. was You're not wrong. As, yeah, it was a 30-minute commercial. commercial to sell toys. It was. <laughs> it was. Yes. And it worked. It, it totally brilliant. worked. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, the He-Man, I, I loved She-Ra, so the yeah. counter, the woman version of He-Man. That was He-Man's yes. cousin, yeah. Smurfs, I think, was still on in 89. I loved Smurfs, yeah. too. Smurfs was good. No, but no. it's like now when you watch Smurfs, you think about how inappropriate it is that you've got this entire village of boy Smurfs and the one girl Smurf. What's up and with that? they're all like fawning over and stuff. And I and, think uh, I read something about why that was, and I... Of course, my brain. Gargamel, I can answer this. Gargamel created her. So he actually, I watched the Smurfs, people. Yes, thank you. (laughs) This sounds very, this sounds familiar. We know what's up. So uh, Gargamel actually created her and she was initially an evil Smurf to infiltrate the Smurfs and she actually had black hair. But then when they turned her into a good Smurf, that's when her hair turned blonde. So the lesson we've learned is girls with black hair are evil and girls with blonde hair are good. Okay. That's what the Smurfs taught us. And yep, that tracks. That very much, <laughs> yeah, that tracks. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. Thank you for that. I, I had forgotten it, but good thing you have a better memory than me. Only about cartoons. Couldn't tell okay. you what happened last week. 
Oh my God, it's bad. Mm. I'm going to move on to music and get into the top 10 billboards because Roadhouse is such a big movie that I want to leave plenty of time for us to chat about it. The top 10 billboards from May 19th, 1989, the number one song is Forever Your Girl by Paula Abdul. I loved Paula. She Paula was, was I the like, fifth grade. I loved, yes, Paula was great. And then Real Love by Jody Watley, also great. I'll Be There For You by Bon Jovi. The number four song I am unfamiliar with, Soldier of Love by Donny Osmond. You guys know that song? Hmm. S- sounds like something Jamie would listen to. If I heard it, I might. <laughs> I can't believe Donny Osmond was that popular in 1989. Know. That's crazy. I wow. was thinking the same thing. Michael Damien had the so- had the number five song with Rock On. I just oh, remember yeah. the name Michael Damien, but I can't visualize the song. Da, 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 da. Rock On. That was basically the whole song. It was okay. literally just saying Rock On throughout the entire <laughs> thing. It was this terrible song. Yeah, rock, catchy rock, though rock. it's bad though but it's catchy he just has a good name michael damien what a great name yeah that is a badass name now number six i was really big i loved guns and roses and their patience oh my god yeah, that's such a, it's like one of my favorite guns and roses songs ever I had the cassette. I had the CD later, mm. but yeah. And then Beaches must have been huge because The Wind Beneath My Wings by Bette Midler was number seven. Oh, oh. Talk about a song that's been played to death. Dude, yeah, it really has. So when you're in middle, when you're in school, in, in, when this song came out, I don't know about the rest of the world, but my school, the teachers were playing it all the time. And they played it in like before the assemblies. And you come into class and they'd sit, they'd be playing it. And it's like, why are you playing this song all the time? What's what's the matter with you? I don't know what it I was about my school, but they were just playing the damn song all the time, man. That's why I, I got I got PSD TDD about that song for reals. <laughs> You're like, play some Def Leppard, teacher. I don't know why they were playing it all the time in my school. It was terrible. It was torture. I mean, it it is a really good song, but it is one of those that gets old real fast. The number eight song was After All by Cher and Peter Cetera. I think that was also for a movie that I can't think of. And then Bobby Brown's Every Little Step is number nine. Bobby Brown was hot at this time. I just want to do the running man just hearing the title of that song right now. I just want to do the running man. Did you have the pants? What (laughs) what were the pants called? The parachute pants? Did you guys have those? Parachute no, pants with my did. LA gears and my flat Ooh, top with the stripes in my head, F and A. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all that. That's awesome. I need. I think I need a picture of like ten year old Jamie. <laughs> yeah. <you should. laughs> then the number ten song is one of my all time favorites, "Like a Prayer" by Madonna. Oh yeah, that's Were you a guys good into song. Madonna or not? Yeah, we yeah. did a whole oh, yeah, retrospective dude. on Madonna in nineteen eighty five. So. But yeah, that's a great She's... song. That's a great video too, and it caused oh, yeah. a lot of controversy in 1989. Remember that? My grandma was like, "Madonna is the devil. She's from Satan," because she had this kind of like religious theme the kind of thing. Yep. Video it was really big at the time, like controversial, but it was a pretty cool video. When you call my name, it's 
great. I did, did a kind of a combo episode of in 1981 when MTV was born, The Fox and the Hound with our everyman Kurt Russell voicing Copper. So I did an episode on that in MTV. And that was one of the things that we talked about when we were covering MTV because this is one of the top videos of all time. And yeah, big controversy. But that's the, how Madonna uh, was. She was pretty controversial. Mm -hmm. She pushed the boundaries of like, hey, what do you, but you know, it's she, she was always pushing those boundaries, but that's kind of like what artists do, right? They kind of push those boundaries a little bit. Good ones. Yeah, yeah. good ones. Yeah. If it's if they're a good artist, people either love them or hate them, and that's how you know they're good. I mean, that's if people point. are just kind of a bit ambivalent, it's just kind of like, man, maybe they're not that great. Yeah, mediocre. Nobody wants that. Yeah. Before we get into the movie, there's some news and events from May of 1989. Do you guys remember hearing about in Tiananmen Square, China, the student mm -hmm. hunger strike? It began. I vaguely re recall this being in the news. And then Do the Right Thing, the movie directed by Spike Lee, which was a huge movie, premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. And then some other big movies that premiered in May of 89. We have Field of Dreams, you probably wouldn't have guessed. And then one that you might guess given its resurgence in popularity. May of 89. Hmm. Indiana Jones and the uh, uh, Last Crusade. Very good, Jamie Fenderson. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Well, that's back when Indiana Jones movies were, were new and good. Yeah. yeah. That was the last the of the last trilogy, good one. right? Yeah. 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 They should have ended it there. It would have been a perfect ending, riding off into the sunset. And they just couldn't. Yeah, and it go. had Sean Connery as as Indiana Jones's dad. So you got Sean Connery and Harrison Ford, and I'm like, what? together? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Classic Indiana Jones. Then yeah. I'm getting my Russian facts mixed up, but Mikhail Gorbachev was elected the executive president in the Soviet Union in May of '89. I think I'm confused by that because he's he was in power before then. Is there a difference between the executive president and like their prime minister or something? Do you guys know? I should have been they, more prepared for this. They do have a prime minister or they did have a prime minister and a president. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think they do anymore. I think Putin's kind of gotten rid of that mm -hmm. uh, because Putin was originally elected to replace Gorbachev, who then uh, so they kind of have this weird power structure where. The president was kind of supposed to be more of like a, a ceremonial position. And then the PM did the actual work. Yeah. Um, and, and there was a difference, too, between so each of the Soviet republics kind of had a president. But then you had the overall executive president of the Soviet Union. So that's probably what it is. Was it. He was yep. the president of the entire Soviet Union. What we would know later wouldn't last very long. Because yeah. after its dissolution in 91, he became president of Russia, but they had a kind of an overall Soviet president of the Soviet Union. So I think that's probably what it is. That's maybe why I'm confused, because we also poke fun. I do a Rocky show and we poke fun at the at Rocky Four, the person who's supposed to be Gorbachev and how Rocky ended the Cold World. Cold yeah. War. Yeah. Cold War. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to Rocky, the Cold yeah. War. Everybody's ended. clapping. Like, yeah. Yeah. That would and never that was in 85. So that's why I think I'm like, wait, this is 89. I'm confused. Real real life versus Rocky life, I think, maybe. Yeah, there's a slight difference. Yeah. 
And then on a downer, uh, Gilda Radner died of ovarian cancer at the age of 42. Mm. That she wasn't was, that long ago. Yeah, in 89. Mm-hmm. Wasn't she married to, um, was she married to Tom Hanks? Or am I wrong on that? I, I might be wrong on that. I guess I always thought he had, he and, what's her name? Yeah, had been married forever. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong then. Maybe, Rita Wilson. Maybe he, Rita Wilson, yeah. Maybe, they, they must not have been, my brain is scrambled. It's Feel free to ignore did. that audience. No, I, I mean I like I like speculating. It's disinformation. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm spreading Fake misinformation news. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now that rumor is gonna get out and Tom <laughs> Hanks is gonna be like, why does everybody think I was married to Gilda Ratner? It's yeah, it's all because of this one little segment on this little little podcast called Retromate. That's how. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how it starts. Okay, so you guys are aware that my season one of Retromade is the theme is our ultimate everyman, Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze. Today's film is obviously focused on Patrick Swayze, but do you guys have any particular fandom or thoughts on either of our everyman? They're both fantastic. I'm a fan of both of them. Like, Are you? Okay, good. I, I wish uh, Kurt Russell was my father. I, I, I kept hoping I would run into... Um, What's her name? The the dot. You know, she's an actress. I can't think. Of Kate her name. Hudson. Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. Yeah, she's married now, though. I think or whatever. She and has not after that she meets you, bro. Or, or, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they got divorced. Yeah, yeah and I then see, it's oh, perfect. So I just need to bump into her, and Kurt Russell can be my dad, and life would be wonderful. Yeah. Does your dad so, know about this? Oh, thinking? I don't care what he thinks. No. He can be replaced. But yeah, I mean, Kurt Russell was so badass. I mean, Snake, Bliskin, come on. You can't be more badass than that. And yeah, just all the Big Trouble in Little China. I loved him. Big Trouble in Little China. And Tombstone. Oh, Oh, Mm -hmm. Tombstone. And then then Patrick Swayze had some some cool roles. I remember the Red Dawn was kind of interesting. But then uh, Dirty Dancing, what a strange movie. Jamie, uh, you said something about Patrick Swayze. Are you... Are you? I might have to get in a fight a little bit because did you say Dirty Dancing was a weird? I think movie? It's, ki- it's like the best. Yeah, movie I, I, ever. So I agree with you. I think it's the best <laughs> movie ever, but it, it's kind of a weird movie, right? Because it was huge, and most of the movies that were huge in the eighties were maybe action movies or whatnot. And this was a weird movie because it's about kind of dancing people dancing and in, in the sick. It, it's a weird. It is kind of a weird movie, but it, it is an awesome movie. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just a little different from what you'd think is a huge movie in the 80s. I don't think there's a movie like it in the 80s that became so big. Um, Dance was big, though. There was like Flashdance and Footloose, but Dirty Dancing was epically huge. Yeah, it was a huge movie. Um, And and I I just think it's a little, maybe it's because 1989 or whenever it came out, the 80s, Jamie's like, and and I liked it even as a kid, but I'm like, this is, and but I, I knew how huge it was. I'm like, this is so weird that this movie is so big. Um, but now that I'm older, I'm like, there's a good reason that movie was so big. Give it a rewatch. You know, it's interesting because you guys are men, obviously. Obviously. I, it, I mean, uh, <laughs> um, the, I had women guests to cover Dirty Dancing with me. Everyone check out the Dirty Dancing episode. It's really fun. The time that we grew up in, I think I've heard from men your age. That you were like, oh, I was into like action and man, you know, manly stuff, and and this movie was seen as like not manly. But then if you really watch it, it's super. It's it. manly, dude. Patrick yeah. Swayze's yeah. lifting Jennifer up, and and yeah. it's like, 
And I never felt this way before. And he's like, <laughs> having the yeah. time of my life, right? It's like, yeah, it is pretty manly, actually. If you watch Dirty Dancing, he's very talented. He's, he, and he's man, and he's like, he's like cool, manly. He's the, he's the kind of man I'd want to be now. Like, I can dance, and I'm, yeah, totally. Give it a rewind. Yeah, in like shape. I'm every man. And every man, like, yeah, Milo, I've heard that, like, Kurt Russell, like, people wanting him to be their dad. I've kind of heard that from other guys your age, too. Like, he just has that, again, it's that everyman quality. Like, he's not a superhero. And same with Patrick Swayze. Like, he's not, he's very fit. I mean, he looks good. But it's like a normal, like, he's not like a bodybuilder. He's like a regular framed person. Yeah, I, I think that's what made both of them accessible. Mm-hmm. They're not like like if you if you walk into a room into a bar and you see Arnold and Schwarzenegger and 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 Sylvester Stallone sitting there, you're like, whoa, damn! And you're kind of mm-hmm. intimidated. But if you see if you see yeah. Kurt and Patrick there, you're like, some good looking guys right there, and maybe I'm gonna go have a beer with them because they're accessible, exactly. right? Totally. Yeah. Great point. That's a good way of putting it. I'd like to have a beer with them as well. Yeah. Well, Kurt's still around. Maybe we can, maybe he'll listen to this and it'll be like, totally come down to Issaquah, Washington. And we can all just meet here and have a beer at the dive bar and just talk about Patrick. That'll be awesome. Well, you guys have to come pick me up in the helicopter or his private, yeah. his plane, because he is a pilot. You guys will just have to yeah. stop here. We'll be, well, we'll hook it up. Make a little circuit. Yeah. Perfect. Kurt, Kurt, come pick us up. We'll all hang out. You're listening. We know you're listening. Just bring Goldie along. We'll have a great time. And Kate. Mm -hmm. Don't forget Kate. (laughs) Milo's very intent on that. (laughs) This is the the real question. Do you think they look alike at all? Yeah. You mean Kate Hudson and Goldie Hawn? No, no, no. Patrick Swayze and Kurt Russell. And Kurt Russell? Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's the Hmm. thing. I don't think so. I think if you frame their face faces in the mullets like if the the mullets kind of do it right they maybe Mm -hmm. they have the same body type like we were talking about Mm -hmm. i think they kind of they got the mullet thing going on like the tango and cash mullet and the and the roadhouse mullet i think they kind of look alike they have the same body type and they have the same kind of handsome but friendly accessible look you know like i like they're not yes. intimidating. They're just kind of good-looking guys, and you just they, but they have that kind of accessible everyman look to them. I think they kind of look alike. Ding, they have ding, the same ding. kind Jamie of type. Wins the prize today. Same type of guy, I guess. <laughs> they do. I'm glad to hear you say that because I ask most of my guests that, and most of my guests have been men. And men, it's harder for men to see it, I think, but women see it. They're both everyman. They're both good-looking. They have a similar body type. The hair, they have a similar coloring, their bone structure. They're both really good looking. I think they look a ton alike. So I ask everyone this. So I'm, Jamie, I'm glad to hear that you uh, feel similarly. Milo, get with the program. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I feel I feel that vibe. <laughs> Maybe just because I haven't seen them side by side at the right age. They should have done a movie together. They should have well, done Tango and Cash. I'm sorry, Stallone. They should have got rid of Stallone and they should have put... That would have been uh, awesome, dude. Patrick, Swayze Patrick and yeah, no, that would have been awesome. I think they just needed a third one because I love Stallone. He's like one of my favorite all time of all time. But interestingly, so the, because they're very similar, Patrick Swayze actually turned down the role of Gabe Cash in Tango mm. and Cash. Did you guys know that? Yeah. So that's why Kurt Russell got it. 
I feel like they go up for this for similar parts. Patrick yeah, they probably I would think that they do. Because yeah. think about this. Like, I think Patrick Swayze could be the the Olympic hockey coach guy. He could do yeah. it. He could mm -hmm. pull that off. He could play the if you if you look at any role that Kurt and Patrick play and you switched them, you can see them in each other's roles. I can. I can see it in my head, man. Yeah, totally. And you guys will have to look them up side by side. Actually, my thumbnail on YouTube for my season one trailer is a side by side of them. So you guys love to, they, they look. It's in my head. Already. I don't yeah. even need to look. They're yeah. in my head right now. I can see them clear as crystal together. Clear as crystal. Okay. Everyone is probably like, Katie, move the F on. <laughs> like get off. So we will move on. Shall we get into the movie that is Roadhouse? Yeah, Roadhouse. It's rated R and it, it is definitely rated R. I just rewatched it yesterday, I think. So I'm assuming you guys rewatched it somewhat mm -hmm. recently. I yeah, rewatched okay. it yesterday as well. Oh, I, I I talked my wife into watching it with me because she'd never seen that either. She doesn't watch a lot. She's terrible viewing. And uh, she does not like this movie. Well, yeah. if if it's your Hence first time Hence why I'm so interested it. in Kate Hudson right now. <laughs> kick, kick her to the curb. Is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's her own fault. I see. I see. It is like this is a movie that you I feel like would be really difficult to watch for the first time now in 2023. You know, it's very dated there. It is quite dated with the hairstyles yeah. and the well, the whole the whole, the whole the music, premise is, I love the music, is a little the whole movie. Yeah, I mean, there's really not much of a plot to this if you think about it. Well, Roadhouse is a notoriously known to be kind of like. A so bad that it's good movie. <clears throat> I have some thoughts on that that I'll get into in a, in a minute because I rewatching it yesterday. I have kind of an interesting new take on it, but the IMDb rating was a 6.7 out of 10, which for a movie that's notoriously supposed to be bad, that's, that's pretty a pretty decent, good actually. IMDb rating. Yeah. Yes, it was directed by Rowdy Harrington, which is an awesome name. He also directed the stick up. A Murder of Crows and A Striking Distance, and it was a Joel Silver film. So Silver Pictures here. The writers are R. Lance Hill, and he also sometimes goes by David Lee Henry. Uh, he wrote Out for Justice as well. And then Hilary Henkin, who's known for writing Wag the Dog. So those are the writers here. The cast of characters is quite great, I think. Obviously, we have Patrick Swayze as Dalton, just Dalton. Kelly Lynch as Doc. She was also Carrie in Cocktail. And dudes seem to really like Kelly Lynch. I like Kelly Lynch just fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened to her, though. I don't think she's really, like, maintained, um, like, a Hollywood career. We'll have to figure out what happened to her. She might have retired. Yeah. But apparently she turned down the role in Basic Instinct that Sharon Stone mm -hmm. took on. Mm -hmm. And I guess she's best friends with Sheryl Crow. Mm. Well. Little tidbit about Kelly Lynch. Interesting. We have Sam Elliott as Wade Garrett, who's great. Great. This is I love Sam Elliott in this. Me too. He is the studliest stud that ever lived. Eighties Roadhouse Sam Elliott like makes me question my hetero creds. I won't lie. Like his he said so cool. he has he has been said in inter in interviews or, or whatnot that. He's most known, like people recognize him the most. He's most known for this movie. 
of all the things he's he's done. Wow. He, he, I think he's a sexy guy in this movie. I remember my um, mom when we watched this yeah. when I was a kid. Pa Patrick Swayze's a beautiful man, right? Mm -hmm. But my mom was like, Sam Elliott makes me just like makes me hot and bothered. Wet, Jamie, come on, just say what she, she said. She does, dude. Sam Elliott and, was like, and Jamie was like, "What do you, what do you mean, mean, mom? I don't. What did you spill water on yourself, <laughs> mom?" Dude, so Sam, my mom was like, my mom watched Roadhouse, Sam Elliott, and Roadhouse, and she was like, ah, ah. "My mom was all about that Sam Elliott action and Roadhouse." I don't think your mom was alone. I literally think every mom. I mean, he's. He's one of those like uh, silver foxes that is just he's always been and he wasn't even I think yeah. he was like mid 40s. He wasn't even like that old, but he they call him like yeah, grandpa yeah. or whatever in the movie. But when we're first introduced to him. In the movie, it's just this shot of his glorious, long, curly gray locks. It's it's quite and nice. he's all just kind of like casual bouncer, trucker, biker looking guy. Yeah. And he's totally trying to like even trying to like kind of like playfully steal Patrick's girl. She's trying. He's trying trying to get Kelly Lynch, you know. And and oh, and totally. Patrick's like, all, like charming yeah. Patrick her. knows he can't do anything about it about about it because it's totally '80s Sam Elliott. He's like, oh, I gotta accept whatever he does. <laughs> Rewatching that scene, that's actually some something I took note of because I think a lot of people make fun of that scene. Sam Elliott's like legit trying to get his girl, but he's really it's just like that's his the kind of guy he is i don't know he he plays it like sly and sexy and cool but if anybody else were to drop their pants and show her the scar and say these like kind of like tr like obviously she's not gonna like go along with sam elliott because she's super into patrick spacey but the way he's dancing with her and saying oh i want to keep you for myself if it was anybody other than Sam Elliott, I think it would come across. It'd be creepy. super creepy, but 80 Sam Elliott's doing it. And 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 also he's yeah. asserting like, hey, remember Dalton, I'm your mentor. Like, remember who the best really yeah. is, right? Yeah. Who's your daddy? Yes. Just just letting you know, I could steal your girl if I wanted to. I'm just showing you that. And Dalton's like, yeah, I know, it's bro. like, I'm Sam Elliott. I don't need to whip it out and piss all over the place to claim anything here. <laughs> Good point. We know it's yeah. true. You know, he also said he almost didn't take this role because he thought it was far too similar to his character in Mask, which it yeah, is. Yeah, kind of the biker but... dude. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. Yeah. Glad he took it. Totally. And then Ben Ben Gazzara plays uh, Brad Wesley, our bad guy in this. You all probably know who he is, even though you, I can't really like name other characters, but he's had a really long career as a character actor. And apparently he played Al Capone. In the 1975 version mm. of Capone, he was also in Anatomy of a Murder and The Big Lebowski. I can't picture who he was in that, but then we have Marshall R. Teague as Jimmy. He's kind of the the main like uh, attack dog for Ben Gazzara. He's like the foil he... for Dalton, right? Like he's he's similar yeah. in skill. He knows martial arts and all that, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, totally. And he was a professional martial artist and had been doing martial arts since he was a kid, apparently, in real life. And then we have Julie Michaels as Denise. Everyone can remember. She's the blonde bimbo type. But um, you feel sorry for her, though, too, because she's kind she of abused, a right? Bimbo? Like, you think, oh, what a bimbo yeah. or whatever, but she's also abused, so you feel sorry for her because she's, like, getting beat up and stuff. She 
comes on to Dalton and gets beat up for it because she's supposed to be uh, Wesley's girl. But then it doesn't stop her from like trying to keep. She cannot get enough of Dalton. She wants him bad and it is killing her that he doesn't want her bad. It hasn't come out yet that I just recently recorded the Point Break episode. Also with Patrick Sweezy. Do you guys remember the scene where they raid the meth head house? The FBI raids the house. You know how Keanu Reeves, it's the wrong, it's the wrong people. There's a scene where there's a naked chick that kind of tries to fight Keanu Reeves. It's her. That's, that's her. That's uh, Julie Michaels in that movie. So she typically plays kind of the bimbo-esque, like, I'm going to fight you, but I love you kind of, kind of, kind of role. She's not afraid to show her naked self. She's got I nothing think. to be so ashamed of, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. <laughs> she doesn't. No, she doesn't. But she did go on to be a stunt woman and a stunt coordinator. Oh, wow. Also. Wow, so, cool. yeah. Then we have Red West as Red Webster. And I think I read something about this guy. He's He's been in several movies and his name is always Red. And he actually used to be, or there was like a Memphis Mafia. Have you guys heard of this? Apparently he was like oh, a El- part of the Mem- Elvis's. Elvis's, yeah. yeah. That's the, yeah, the he red was basically guy. Basically part of Elvis's crew, his posse, mm-hmm. which is super cool. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't condone violence by any means, but I I like mafia stuff. Then yeah. Sunshine well, I don't think Parker. they were too violent or anything. I think they were basically okay. just kind of the the hangers on and the guards and stuff like that. I don't think they really did okay. too much too bad. They probably were like you know Elvis was like. Give me that girl right there. And, you know, Red would probably be like, hey, honey, Elvis uh, wants to hang with you tonight. You know, my, Whether my you want to or not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody's arm would need to be twisted too much. No. Elvis was yeah. hot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Emmett was played by Sunshine Parker, which the name surprises me only that Sunshine seems like kind of a hippie name that someone our age would have now. But. Back hmm. in the day, he was an old man in this movie, and his name was Sunshine. Yeah, it sounds like something like our age, like our hippie parents might have named us, but he wasn't. Yeah, like the yeah, right age. Interesting. Jeff Healy as Cody, um, and he was actually so he was the main singer of the band, uh, and blind in the movie, and he in real life is an actual mm-hmm. singer, guitar player, and is blind. Oh, he's great! I'm a huge Jeff yeah. Healy. Fan. I should say I'm not a Are huge you? Jeff Healy fan. I, but I am a Jeff Healy fan. I had the the CD that uh, he had kind of one hit back in the I think late 80s around this time as well. And um, my and mom had the, the tape or something. Hit. She used to the play CD. It, like clean in the house. She'd pop that in. He was kind of he was kind of big for a a time was in he? the 80s. Not a, like a long yeah, time, but maybe, there was a time maybe in some time in the 80s where he was just kind of big. Maybe that's why they put him in this movie. It's like, he's kind of big, but he does bluesy yeah. stuff. Yeah, it was around yeah. this time. But he, he's a great blues mm-hmm. musician. Yeah, I, I love blues, and, and he's he's really good. That's good to hear. I also like blues music. So he plays Cody in the movie, who is the singer and guitarist for like the house band that the double deuce yeah. has and they got to have the cage cuz it's all rowdy and they're throwing bottles yeah. and stuff yes. yeah wild <laughs> uh then we have Kevin Teague playing Tillman the owner of the double deuce and we also get quick little scenes from Keith David as a bartender and Terry Funk in like as one of the other he gets fired right away he was one of the bouncers right the yeah. bouncer that got fired yeah so that's the cast of characters and 
The score was composed by Michael Kamen. And then we talked about the soundtrack by Jeff Healy, who's a Canadian guitarist. Now, did you guys know? Okay, so I'm sure you're aware that Patrick Sweezy wrote and sang, uh, co-wrote and sang a song for mm -hmm. Dirty Dancing. But did you know that there's he wrote two songs? No, he wrote one song and sang two songs for the soundtrack of Roadhouse. Yeah, I, did I didn't know, know that. that. Mm -hmm. I did think that when watching the film last night, though, that the music throughout was really good. And Did you? Okay. I don't rem I didn't remember that from when I watched it initially, you know, years ago, because I've probably watched it a couple of times. I don't know how many times I watched it. But last night I was like, wow, I forgot how good the music throughout this film is. Yeah. And Patrick's a good, mu I mean, he's a pretty good musician. Remember, he had that kind of one hit wonder. She's like the wind. Remember that one? Yeah, and that was kind of that yeah, was pretty good, though, actually. One, yeah. You know, some some movie stars try to do their thing and it's like, yeah, yeah. but he was like, well, that's pretty good, Patrick. He can do anything he tries. And he is he's a super multifaceted, talented person. I'll touch on like bits that he has talked about in his book. It's the time of my life. It's right here. If you guys haven't read it, I would highly recommend it. It's really good. But and he can write. He can sing. He can dance. He can do martial arts. He's studly and he writes. He's better. And that's only like five of the 20 things that he he's super talented and he left us far too soon. I love Definitely. Patrick Swayze. Yes. Uh, but unfortunately, this movie got five Razzie nominations. It didn't win them, but it got five Razzie. Now, I don't think the Razzies are very fair. It was nominated for Worst Picture, Worst Actor for Patrick Swayze. Like what? I saw this for the first time when you sent us your sheet about what the about the movie and this is the first time i saw that it was nominated for five razzies and then i all i could think of is there's there's no justice in the world in 1999 because no. that's some bull and that's some bull agreed. we're supporting actor for ben gazera i thought ben gazera played a really good bad guy like i thought it was worst director and worst screenplay yeah and i will tell i hard disagree on all of the, all of those fronts i agree with your hard disagree because that's that's crap no i don't know what they were smoking in 1989 in the Razzie, whatever castle they're in. Well, I have, but they were smoking. I have beef with the Razzies, generally speaking, because they also don't like my Sylvester Stallone. Well, how about we all say between our two podcast properties that the Razzies can 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 go take a hike because we don't like you, and now that we've said that, you're going to suffer. Yes, and and you should the wrath because that's bull. Given Roadhouse five Razzie nominations is not acceptable in any universe, man. That's crap. Well, it didn't win. I, so I just the nomination okay. is all it takes, man. Just, you know what I'm saying? That's why this movie was not a box office it's success. Of the it's the Razzie's fault. Good segue, Milo, because it was made for $17 million. And it actually did gross worldwide $61 million. But that was largely, it, it had a huge, like, um video success yeah vhs yeah. it was and it, like a big cable tv run and oh yeah just, yeah it became yeah. a huge movie kind of later on i highly recommend everybody go rewatch roadhouse and watch it very carefully i'm curious to see what you think but here's a quick little refresh about what the movie is about when it becomes too violent at the double deuce roadhouse the club owner hires dalton a professional cooler to clean it up but Dalton's early successes and budding romance with the local doctor and rages Wesley, the town crime boss. When Dalton continues to defy him, the stage is set for a dramatic confrontation that will test Dalton's limits and decide the fate of the town. 
How could you not love that? That sounds awesome. <laughs> so overall thoughts, favorite scenes, moments, what do, what do you guys think? A couple things that really stood out when I watched it is how much nudity there was. I didn't remember. There's a lot of butt shots in this film. I quite enjoyed the uh, lazy butt shots myself. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a lot of fun, honestly. I mean, you just need to accept it for what it is, which is just guy comes in, you know, he's the bouncer at this place, tries to clean it up. You have a few fights. You have some good music. You've got the love interest. You got the bad guy. Like, it's it's very basic, but that's what makes it a fun well film, said. I think. Yeah, I watched this for the first time or my with my son. He watched it for the first time. So it's kind of like red me- redneck bar mitzvah, right? You you, you got to become a real man now and you got to watch Roadhouse. Otherwise, you can't you're never going to be a man unless you watch this movie. But the trippy thing is, is there in the first 20 minutes, there are a lot of lessons to learn for a young man. That's a good point. And I'm not even joking because really he's a business change management professional, right? That specializes in bar and and restaurant rescue, if you think about it. So like, there's a few lessons that I was like pausing. I'm like, Hey, there's some teachable moments here. You need, you learn something from book Dalton. First, if, you remember when Tillman comes over and he's like, I want to hire you. And Dalton's like, 5000 up front, 500 a night, you pay medical expenses. And the dude's like, done. And I was like, I was like, pause. I'm like, when you're really good at something, you work really hard, you get a good reputa- reputation, you name your price. You don't haggle over salary and all that crap, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh. We do need to. T- and your son was like, can we just please? Please watch like, the movie, no, Dad. Dad. Like, it's a good point, but we do need to circle back a little bit on that deal. It's an outrageous deal in my like. Who's is that? A, was that like who can afford that? What dumpy little bar in Podunk was a made up town, Jasper, Missouri? But like it's somewhere in, in Missouri in, in, in 1989. 1989. Yeah, good point. Yeah, which would have been twice as much in today's yeah. dollars, like twelve hundred in today's money. It's yep. a lot of money. Yeah. But then the first night he goes there and he's just standing there just watching mm-hmm. things. And my son's like, well, shouldn't he be doing something? He's making a lot of money. And I was like, pause. Next lesson. You observe first. You don't just come in like some of these dorks that Milo and I have worked with. Like, I'm going to come in and just make things better right away without even knowing what the problem is. You look, he's observing. He's, he's taking inventory. He's taking mental notes about all the problems that are happening, not just interfering the first, the first day, right? That's another it lesson. Is. Yeah. And then after that, he just cut, he just goes and just starts firing people, which for a 21st century kid, you're like, well, he has to go on PIP, doesn't he? Like <laughs> HR needs to be involved. I'm like, Dalton is HR. <laughs> he is HR. He made himself HR. He, he's canning all these people because they're doing their, their bad employees. They're doing illegal yeah. things. And I wish more companies would be like that. Just all these shitbirds in the company, just fire them. And because it brings everybody else down, you know what I'm saying? And he, and he has the three mantra, never underestimate your opponent, expect it, expect it, take it outside and be nice. Why does he say be nice? He's not, he's not really saying be nice. He's really saying be professional. Mm -hmm. It's just a job. Someone calls your mom bad names. You take it outside. You be nice until it's not, you know, there's a lot to learn from this in the first 20 minutes. I, Really good points. I think you're right. And I do have a different appreciation for this movie watching it. You're right. He's just very calm, cool, collected. He's 
you know, and all these other guys, like the, the typical alpha male lets their temper get in the way. And Dalton's like, that's not how things are done. That's not how you win. Also, he says something about uh, nobody wins a fight. There is no winner in a fight. Like basically the fighting is dumb, you know, like it shouldn't come to that. But yeah, the rules are legit good rules for. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And, and even like the thing where where he, he he has this nice car, but he puts it in the barn, he covers it up, and he buys a junker, um, which is a Buick Riviera. That is not a junker. <laughs> that is a 1960... 1965 Buick Riviera. Buick Riviera. With the headlights that open and close, they only did that that year in that, and that is a collectible, wow. and he abused that beautiful car. That she sh Get rid of the stupid Mercedes... <laughs> Well, the, keep the, the Mercedes was actually say. kind of a cool Mercedes. But yes, good trivia tidbit on the Riviera. I didn't even know that that clamshell, um, the headlight clamshell. I didn't even know yeah, that was headlights. a thing. And But it was only that year, right? For the Riviera. Yep. His previous junker car in New York before he, uh, before he moves to Jasper, Missouri, is also a Riviera. But it was like the year before the year after. Well, it's supposed like it's supposed to be a junker, yeah. I guess. But here's the point: is he he yes. knows that he's going to change things. But it wasn't a junker. Well, okay. It's a classic. It's supposed to be a junker, though, because he, Dalton knows that he's going to go change things, and there are going to be a whole bunch of people that hate him for it, and they're going to go trash his car. The same in the business world, right? If you go to a tech big tech company, you start changing things for the better. There's going to be a big handful of people who don't like change. Yeah. There's going to be a big handful of shitbirds who don't want to like start working and be better. And they're going to trash your Buick. And so he's ready for that. And he's got a whole bunch of spare tires, mm -hmm. right? Because he knows they're going to slash his tires. He's got a whole trunk full of them. There's so much to learn from like the first 20 minutes of this movie. I think everybody in business school should go watch this movie right now. Do you know, let me see if I can find it, Jamie. Following the death of Eric Garner in New York, the police department began using a scene the three rules scene from roadhouse oh. legitimately as a like a real police yes like a real police department used this as part oh, of wow. a mandatory three-day retraining course for twenty-two thousand officers expected to be nice under pressure wow i think other police precincts need yeah. to start following yeah i think that yeah how, how about that razzy people yeah. Yeah. How about that, Razzy people? No, it's people? true. It's like, it's, it's really good advice. And well, and uh, we learn Dalton's character. So he's not just like a pretty face with muscles. He's a philosophy. He has a philosophy degree from NYU. So he brings that and then he does Tai Chi. He's a very well-rounded human, this Dalton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's not just some. And he spends a very large portion of the film with his shirt off. <laughs> yes, and I am very thankful for that. Um, I mean, but really, like, if you guys, I'm not saying that you don't look like that without your shirt, but like, if you looked like that, wouldn't you want to be shirtless for most of the film? Totally. I, oh, I totally. do look like that, Absolutely. actually. It's just, uh, it's just covered up in a layer of lard. <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's the screen. It's the way the, it's the way the camera, you know, adds. If I 50, stop eating pounds. McDonald's, I'll look like that. Well, maybe actually, not, but. <laughs> Well, so I think Patrick really did want to do something vastly different from Dirty Dancing. Obviously, this was like a, a year or two afterwards, and it is a very different movie. But I would argue for the female audience, it's like legit the same. It's 
like a, a tough guy with a sensitive side. Yeah. That is, we just get to look at the whole movie. Yeah, but he's also got that that kind of what gent gentleman warrior thing going on mm -hmm. with the. Yeah. I I can kick ass, but I don't jump to that right away. And I have a philosophy degree, and I do tai chi, mm -hmm. but then I'll like totally kick your ass if you cross the line kind of thing totally it is a good point that you make katie though because most of these old 80s action flicks they're really male centric right mm -hmm. so you'll see the boobs of the girl and the guy gets the girl and he kicks butt and but this actually gives you something to enjoy about the male character as well like you know we also see his butt so it's fair mm -hmm. uh he's intelligent instead of just some meathead yeah and so they actually do give him a bit more that makes the movie a bit more appealing to both genders as an audience. That is a good point. Yeah. I did have a question, though, because I really wish there was a prequel. Sorry, I'm like off on like four different tangents in my brain. Bear with me. So apparently, so this movie is actually almost two hours long, but I didn't mind it. I, I, I was fully entertained mm -hmm. the entire time. But apparently the original cut was well over three hours. So there was a ton of cut scenes that we can talk about later. Like a lot of Sam Elliott's scenes, a lot of that Carrie Ann gals scenes were cut. We got a lot more in the original cut, more backstory about how Dalton and Wade Garrett know each other and like where his tattoo comes from, the rosy tattoo that we see at the end. And it got me thinking, I really want that prequel. I really would have loved to get that as a prequel movie. But, you know, obviously we didn't get it. But Well, well we could still get an extended, extended version, cool. like an extended yeah. cut. That They could have come out with like the extend, Roadhouse, the extended cut. Dude, I'd buy it. I'd totally I buy it. I would too. Yeah. You hear that, um, Hollywood? Roadhouse, yeah. extended cut, Blu-ray, DVD, make it Joel happen. Silver. Yeah. Somebody please. I don't know where I was going with that originally, but it did get me to kind of think about when he goes to the doctor for the first time and he meets Doc, Kelly Lynch, he's carrying around his medical records, which is, he's like, it saves time. And that's how she learns that he has a philosophy degree from NYU. So she has a legit question. You know, how's a guy like you end up being a bouncer? And he says some line like, oh, I guess I'm just lucky, but legit. I want to know. That's where I was going, is the mm -hmm. prequel or the extended version. How is he a bouncer? Why is he a bouncer? Because he's making a ton of money, and his rent is $100, I might add. His rent is $100 a month, and he's making 500 a night. So <laughs> I don't think money is, is a problem for him. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. It, it would be an interesting story because, of course, he had to learn how to fight. So did he learn that before becoming, obviously, before becoming a bouncer or while he was becoming did they do a montage of 80s montage where he learns to fight in the in the time frame of a montage? With Wade, uh, probably. With right? Wade, exactly, yeah. teaching him. Yeah. Uh, I, I love his the place he's living, too, because, yeah, it's 100 a night. And it's great in the summer. But I was imagining as I was watching them, like, I bet you that place sucks in the winter. Because, I mean, there's no vent, yeah, there's no insulation or anything. But in the summer, it's cool because you open up the windows, you got the river right <laughs> well, there. Well, it sucks because it's you're sweet. right across the river from the main, <laughs> you're right across the river from oh, your bad guy, big yeah. enemy. Nemesis. That, like, there's no cops in this town Spies because this you. guy totally runs this town. Um, so that's why it sucks. 
unless you want to spy on the dude, but I think it's probably the opposite way. It is the opposite. Yeah. So it's a sweet loft above a barn, though. I mean, I. That's what I'm saying. It is pretty awesome, I thought. It's very hipster. You could Airbnb that nowadays. Yeah. And probably make Get way some more than hundred cheese a month. up there, and like hundred a night there being being that, yeah, be With more horses. than a hundred bucks now. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah hundred a night. It'd be five hundred a night. Yeah. now I'm sure he'd be breaking mm-hmm. even today's today's world. <laughs> I just I remember thinking the loft was super cool, and uh, the love scene was a really good love scene. Pretty steamy. Like, did you guys like it, or oh, did yeah. you think it was cheesy? I. Legit thought it was no, good. I thought it was great. pretty steamy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As a connoisseur of movie sex scenes, I give it a <laughs> thumbs up. Now, the song playing in the background was our. I love Otis Redding, but it was um, that Otis Redding. It was the same background music that the the famous Dirty Dancing love scene begins with as well. These arms of mine. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. wow. I'm gonna have to. I, get I, this I song. was impressed how when. Oh. Well, what was funny about it, though, is like it was conveniently like he changes to the station right as the song begins to play. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, that's good movie timing. Yeah. Maybe he called the radio the station, station for a request at a certain time. Hey, it, yeah. hey, radio station, can you play this song at this time? Be like, let me turn the station here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really good. I think it's good acting. OK, I'm going to start now and you guys can poke holes. But listeners. Milo, Jamie, this might be a hot take, but I watched this very carefully yesterday, and I actually think it is a legit good movie. Not so bad that it's good, good, but good. Like, I'm being serious. I think the story- I've always thought I it don't was know a legit good movie. Who says that it's so bad it's good? It, this isn't like Troll 2. What are you talking about? <laughs> Well, so according to the Golden Raspberry Award founder, John Wilson's book, Roadhouse is listed as one of the 100 most enjoyable bad movies ever made. I, I don't get that at all. This is just a good movie. And I don't know why it's so bad it's good. This isn't so bad it's good. It's just good. Now, if you kind of think it's weird, it is a little weird. I get it. Like the bouncer yeah. and all of us. He, he starts out kind of cleaning up the bar and then all of a sudden he's involved in this <laughs> a lot of weirdness. But it's a good movie. Like. So bad it's good is like something like Troll 2 or, you know, some mm-hmm. some kind of where they really try to make a good movie, but it's freaking terrible. But it's yeah. so terrible. It's bad. I think this is just a good movie. I'm with you, Katie. I don't know what people are talking about. And 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 I'm going against that grain and the Razzie people in your book, whatever. You're you're wrong. And and we have a podcast so we say you're wrong and it's true. So that's, that's yeah. I I don't know why. I just think like the the I don't know the public or the like pop culture just for whatever reason assigns this movie as like cheesy bad action. I but I'm saying I legit yesterday when I rewatched it, I think while being a cooler, I don't know if that was actually a thing back in the day. Like I don't know if do you guys? Have I any I think this movie probably makes it a bigger thing than it, it is there there are bouncers job. there are bar yeah. cleanup people there are coolers they're probably secure bar security and okay there's that today and did this embellish that and take that role to a whole nother level it totally did it's over the top it, unrealistic yeah. this movie is not meant to be like oh that cooler 
the bouncer life isn't that way or hey i became a bouncer because i watched this movie it's totally not yeah. that way i was expecting to like fight mafia boss small town mafia bosses what's up and i'm just like messing with drunk people every night that's not what it is this totally like takes it to a new level but it's it it's fine it's fun it's not yeah. bad it's not bad it isn't bad i i so despite that like i actually think the story is pretty good and the way that it like well written like the way that things unfold there's like little breadcrumbs kind of throughout uh it's got really good characters yeah good actors solid acting again i I don't I didn't say anything wrong with anybody's. I, I wasn't going to win an Oscar, but it was solid acting, uh, mem super memorable lines and the practical effects. There was a lot of attention to detail, um, like numerous fights that were all unique. They weren't it wasn't just the same fight in a new locale, unique fights. And yeah. they were all like well choreographed, good good bites yeah like especially it's the one bites. with uh with between patrick and um um who, who was the main jimmy jimmy the yeah end. and yeah that guy looks like legit kind of like badass so he meets his match right mm -hmm. and they're having this badass fight scene and spoiler alert he did this before but he had to do it again he does the throat thing like oh, i gotta rip out your throat and kill you because you're too but i always thought it was funny because the doc doc comes and 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 he and he's and he's patrick's like oh shit i did it again and and doc comes <laughs> and 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 she's like oh dude you're a murderer i can't believe you did that and, and all i'm thinking at the time is dude this guy just tried to kill you he burned down your barn and your house and he's he's trying to kill you and he's fighting with you he's trying to kill you and finally you you take him out like i don't see a problem with this <laughs> i kind of agree now granted he probably didn't need to rip his throat out but i agree it was kind of a self-defense thing but there's romance in this movie lots of pretty people yeah enough pretty people for everybody and i don't know it's it was very exciting it kept my interest what more do people want so there's my arguments for why yeah. this is a legit good movie 100 mm percent. -hmm. i commented on the on the fight sequences when we were watching it as well because modern movies with the fight sequences there there's shaky camera super close shots you know quick cuts constantly you can't see anything and this has like there, you know, there's longer shots mm -hmm. and you can actually see. And I think they both got injured in that fight scene that we were just talking about pretty good because yep. they were like that serious about it. And in, in regards to the believability and uh, way better fight scenes than you'll see in most any modern. Totally. Film. On that that last fight sequence and the guy who plays Jimmy, Marshall R. Teague. So I read about this in Patrick's book, but I think it's also pretty well known that Marshall, so he's like a legit bad guy. And Patrick Swayze says as much that like he was in Vietnam, he was a Navy SEAL, like he's like a real bad guy. So Patrick Swayze was like, I understand. So Marshall Teague is thinking Patrick Swayze's just this pretty guy. He had no respect for Patrick, but he quickly learned that Patrick was the real deal as well when they started doing their fight sequences. Um, and see, he said, oh, and then they became really good friends because of they gained respect for each other. And that last fight sequence took five days. And the scene, the part where uh, Jimmy gets a tree log and hits him with it, that actually broke several of Patrick Swayze's ribs and injured his knee because it was a real tree branch. But Teague thought it was a prop log. Oh, damn. Yeah. And that... 
they were in the middle. Like he didn't, it like knocked the wind out of Patrick too, but they were still filming. And so Patrick like kept in character with broken ribs and everything to continue um, to, or to complete the scene. And that, that shot where he's shown to be just so exhausted right before he kills him with the throat rip out, that's real. He's like legit, like hurt and exhausted. He looks in, it too. In that moment. That's dedication to the craft, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he does have a, and I talked about this in the Dirty Dancing episode as well, but he got, he really got injured a lot because it, it's like he's doing his own stunts. He has a knee injury from way back in the day that he kept having to get drained during a lot of his movies. I think he's no, known to keep having to get his knee drained, but he kept having to have procedures on this movie as well with his, his knee. So, yeah. It's dedication. It is. Well, and it was worth it because this is a good movie. I don't care what anybody says. I agree. And I was also reading that, um, I guess he's well known. I'm not, I don't really know a lot about martial arts, but there's a guy who's pretty famous in this world. Um, he's a kickboxing champion, Benny Urquidez. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but I guess he's famous in that world that he trained Patrick Swayze for this role. Mm. And Patrick was saying that because kick, it's very like quick, quick, sharp movements. And Patrick was having a hard time initially like picking that up. And this Urquidez is like, oh, you're a dancer. You, I get it. He went to get like a boombox and like started like finding music that he could choreograph the moves to. Patrick just needed like a rhythm behind it to learn it, I guess. So that's how he learned it. And then this Urquidez said that Patrick Swayze got to be so good that he could have gone on to be a competitive kickboxer. That's a Mr. Miyagi me, level though. stuff right yeah. there. That's Mr. Yeah, Miyagi yeah. style right there. He's so cool. I love Patrick Swayze. The only the only thing I remember from it when you're a kid in 1989, this is this is like the coolest movie it's got. I mean, Dalton's kind of someone you can look up to. And he's badass and he can fight. Mm -hmm. And there's nudity. Not a lot, not over the top, but there's some there's some nudity. And it's kind of interesting, like the whole this was filmed in california but it's supposed to take place in kind of this missouri texas like and even the doctor like she's a doctor but she's still kind of like yeah let's go to the roadhouse drink some beer like everybody's that way right so when you're a kid you're like oh i want to go to this kind of place like i'm from portland oregon but i want to go to this place where they have roadhouses and everybody's like all about the blues and drinking beer and stuff. This is cool. <laughs> Even I don't the doctor's know. there. She's like, really? I'm a doctor, I thought, <laughs> I guess I was sort of like, who's going to this? I mean, maybe once it's cleaned up, but the before shot, the just sheer damage and destruction of one night at this bar is just, I'm like, it's like a hurricane came through there. They'd have to rebuild every night. Yeah, there's dive bars, but this is like I like I like a good dive. Don't get me wrong, Dangerous. but come on now. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be going there. And that's kind of what uh, Dalton says. He's like, people. I can't remember how he says it, but essentially that's his point: is that nobody wants to come. People aren't going to go to a slaughterhouse. Yeah, right. Yeah. People want to go have a good time. Aren't going to come to a slaughterhouse. So it's time to take out the trash. You know. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> I love this movie the final scene i also very much liked the heads or tails aspect of wesley is just this evil 
monster. I mean, he's, he really is I mean, for a number of reasons, but basically giving Dalton the choice between saving his best friend and his girl. And I just thought the yeah. scene that was a really cool way of showing it, that there was, it was like a little bit layered. What did you guys think of the heads or tails bit? I kind of, you kind of knew though that he probably wasn't going to kill the girl. So, yeah, because they I were apparently know. married. Yeah. Was that the what we were supposed to get? Yeah, that was the backstory that she was with him before. So you could kind of figure that wasn't going to happen. He was kind of getting tired of the whole thing, Dalton. He, he was just going on. Wade is convincing him like, hey, dude, you're a cooler. You're not like the town savior, mm -hmm. right? It's not like you're MacGyver or something. You need to bolt out. And so just come with me and let's get out of here, dude. But, you know, Dalton's pride. He's got pride, right? But then he finally figures out, yeah, I should probably get out of here. But by that time, it's too late because the bad guy is really bad, dude. He's he's obviously and there's no police like not even the FBI is coming to this town like it's it's a fiefdom for this dude. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, I, if Wesley yeah. had only known that Patrick Swayze was getting ready to leave town, if he would have just waited a day, Patrick and and uh, Sam Elliott would have left and be fine. Yeah, but then you gave him a you know, impetus for revenge. Mm. You did. Mm -hmm. You did. However, Sam Elliott was trying to commit. There was a certain point in which where because Patrick was sort of like, I'll blow out of town. And, you know, when my job is done, you know, I don't nothing keeps him there. Spoiler alert, he stays later. <laughs> but it, he sort of took it on as that he now has to be the savior of this town at a certain point because Sam Elliott tries to talk him out of it. When we get that great training sequence where Patrick's in those like sweatpants and no shirt, it's a really good sequence. <laughs> that is. But then the heads or tails comes back later, I guess. Kind of, I liked the through line of it. And even the detail, did you guys catch that the quarter was on the knife? Tails side up? Oh, yeah. Oh, in yeah. the, in the yeah, car. Yeah, it totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or, I no, guess I sorry. Kind of appreciated that. It, it was, we right. see it when he pulls it out of the when pedal of the exactly. Mercedes. Okay, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Little things, like you said, they pay attention to detail in this movie, and they give the little clues to what's going to happen and all this. It's actually pretty brilliant. It is. It is. Now, I, I really like it's a classic final scene, but I think a lot of people too poke fun at the very final scene. Okay, so everybody, it's like the typical like uber dickhead rich guy of the time like with this trophy room which you know like he you have to show that you're a real man by killing all of these endangered animals murdering all these endangered but that seems very like rich guy 1980s like dickhead move you know yeah. so it takes place in this trophy room and then there's this big shootout and the guys who've been kind of that uh like tillman and red and uh emmett kind of saved the day and they've been kept down by this guy this mob guy and so they're like it's our town now don't you forget it and then nobody saw anything when the police come i didn't see anything red did you see anything the polar bear with the fat guy i mean come on i think it's classic i love it <laughs> did you guys think it was cheesy though it's a little cheesy but one of the things i like about it's a strange ending i'll like I, I can get the critics yeah. i guess maybe because it's a pretty weird ending but I, I think that's maybe why I like it, because I never expected that ending. You know what I mean? Like, it's that's that's not how no. I thought it would go down. 
it seems so unbelievable, but apparently this was like kind of loosely based on a real story where a local bad guy was killed in plain view and nobody saw anything when the, oh yeah. yeah. That's the Lord. I, I, I like it because it's unexpected. And, and, and the whole thing is like, it's not about Dalton because the whole movie's about Dalton, but at the end it's about like the town's guys who's been getting screwed all this time. And they kind of take the power back and, and the polar bear like, yeah, you killed that polar bear, but you know, he got his like revenge in the afterlife. <laughs> it's a weird ending. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's strange, but that's probably why I like it because it didn't have that typical action movie Hollywood ending. It had just kind of this strange ending. And that's, that's okay with me. Yeah, I agree. And then they got to go swim naked in the river. I don't remember that. So most of the times that I've seen this as a kid were probably like the edited version for TV. <laughs> And I feel like when I watched it yesterday, I was like, I actually don't remember this final, final scene of them. Yeah, he stays and they're naked, swimming lovingly together. <laughs> Probably because you didn't see that ending on cable. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, <laughs> or, I think I saw yeah, the, the edited TV edit. Yeah. Edited for children version. Mm -hmm. We'll show you the violence, <laughs> it wasn't. but we won't show you the nudity. Oh. Uh, the, <laughs> the, throat the American way. Rip out thing, that's fine. Yeah. But butt shot, right. that's not going to happen. Nope. <laughs> oh, I was heavy rotation on cable. I feel like I saw this a lot when I was like pretty little. It did get a lot of playtime on cable. Yeah, totally did. Yep. It's, it was right up there with Beastmaster uh, on TBS, well, I... right? Just oh, like... <laughs> dude, that's another one. Now that's actually bad. Like that's Yeah, but it, like but it was just movie, on cable like I, nonstop. Yeah. So this was kind of not, not as bad, but this was kind of on cable a lot. But this was one of those things where if it came on cable for the third time in a week, you're like, okay, I'm cool with this. Let's watch it again. Yeah, you still watch it. <laughs> were you guys into the monster truck? Oh, the monster truck, like yeah. Like, apparently it That's was... That's another thing the bad guy did with the... Yeah. <laughs> when I started wrecking everything with the monster truck. Monster trucks were huge back then. Yeah, though. apparently... They were. Yeah. And it was... It had a name, which I wasn't... I don't know. I was just in the, my research. The monster truck used was called the Bigfoot. It was like the seventh one. So like Bigfoot was, was the monster yeah, truck. The like it, it was almost synonymous, like Bigfoot and monster truck. It's almost this, almost the okay. same thing, but that was the name. That was probably the most famous monster truck. It was the Bigfoot. Yeah, that yeah, scene it, cost <laughs> a half a million dollars to film because of yeah. that, that truck. Because all the cars yeah. that they wrecked and everything. And I think they built the truck for the movie, like oh, that wow. particular that one. It wasn't the actual. So, yeah. I don't um, know. Yeah, I, I I would equate it to wrestling Hulk Hogan in the 80s was kind of like the the big one. And in mm -hmm. Monster Trucks, Bigfoot. Yep. the Bigfoot. That's right. The, that's right. Bigfoot. Okay. That does make sense. They had a cartoon, a Monster Trucks cartoon. Of course they did. There was a, literally, they just threw stuff yep. at the wall in the 80s cartoon. Robocop. I, hey, it's the most I mean, violent seriously. action movie probably of all time. But it's a cartoon now. Enjoy your cereal, kids. <laughs> yeah we can make money on you some way yeah. somehow and we will yeah keep consuming little consumers <laughs> they didn't have a roadhouse cartoon they didn't have roadhouse toys because it was a it was a legit movie i think uh, we were gypped i think if you didn't have a cartoon or if you yeah. didn't have uh toys then you could probably consider yourself a legit movie i think you know what i'm saying yeah now, usually there's people who were originally cast to play someone or people who had auditioned and didn't make it. 
The only one, there was only one that I could find about Roadhouse, and it was um, that Annette Benning originally was cast oh. to play Doc instead of Kelly That Lynch. would have been interesting. Yeah, I can see that. But, yeah, I mean, and there's rumors as to why that might be. Some say that there, she she and Patrick Swayze just didn't have a lot of chemistry, so they recast her hmm. with Kelly Lynch. It's interesting, the whole chemistry thing, Are, like in acting. Because sometimes you can see it on screen. I don't know why or how, but sometimes you can see when things work and when things don't. And it's strange. When you're acting with somebody, I did a play years ago and I had the girl that played my girlfriend, we did not have chemistry. And you could feel it, like, because we had to kiss in the thing and it was just kind of like forced. Like, but if you have chemistry, you feel comfortable being kind of flirty and like you're much more relaxed about it. So, it is an interesting thing how that works. Um, that's really interesting. I I feel like it's something you can't explain. It's just, it's there, it's not. And you can see it when yeah. I noticed it when there's a look that Patrick, the first time they kiss in the Jeep and the way that he looks at her, I'm like, dang, he really wants her. I felt it. Yeah. Well, well, it's Kelly Lynch. Yeah. Of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think I did that right. Uh, we should kiss again. Hold on, let's try let's, another way. Let's try it again. She with him too. Apparently he, well, cause he's, he was super hot at the time, like coming off of Dirty Dancing, that there was a bunch of like middle-aged women, like like at the filming locations trying to like get their time with Patrick Swayze. So he had to have bodyguards to keep the lady fans oh, at wow. bay. I know how I that is. Uh, Jamie's been there. Now, <laughs> Are you guys going to be watching the remake that's due to come out sometime this year with Jake Gyllenhaal? Remake? No. No. Oh, had you not heard that? They're remaking it like super. Didn't he get like super ripped for it as well? Yeah. Yeah. He's done that before. I don't know. Did you guys see Southpaw? Yeah, the boxing boxing one. Yeah. I do like Jake Gyllenhaal. Ordinarily, I'd be like, do not remake Roadhouse and they actually were going to remake it in like 2006 or something with Ronda Rousey like a female version I'm even a woman and I'm like nobody wants that like really but they scrapped that thankfully but yeah Conor McGregor is also going to be in the new one with Jake Gyllenhaal then definitely not yeah Conor hopefully Conor doesn't listen to this but Conor McGregor is basically trailer trash that somehow managed to get like in really good shape and win all these like fights, but as a human being, he oh, yeah. is a mm-hmm. disgrace. And f- for that reason, I would not see it. Oh, oh I don't really know he... him, but I wouldn't see it because I'm just so tired of remakes and reboots and sequels and remakes of the reboots and the sequels. I go, there's a theater not far from my place. You go there and it's like the posters are like Indiana Jones, Ghostbusters, Jurassic Park. I'm like, what is this? 1995? What happened? Like, why don't you look? Why don't you make? new stuff i don't want to see look i love my movies from my era and i love them so much but you don't have to remake them if you're making them for me stop hollywood because why don't you make something else stop rebooting stop making sequels stop reimagining come up with something new i don't think they i don't know what i'm not going to see this remake it's bad right now we should there we could probably have like a whole week long series of like hollywood bankruptcy everybody i think everybody yeah i'm done i don't I just watch old stuff nowadays. If you're going to just have crappy reboots of old stuff, I'll just watch the old stuff. Like, I'm I'm kind of done with Hollywood now. I'm with you 
So I think they know that a lot of people will watch out of curiosity and nostalgia. But the only reason that I will watch this is because of Jake Gyllenhaal, because I think he'll actually do it justice. I, I do respect him as an actor, but I can tell you right now, it's not going to be, it's not going to be anywhere near the Patrick no, Swayze and version. The, I, I like him yeah. too. That's that he's fine. It's just, I, I'm, I'm so fatigued on reboots and remakes. And I don't know if they, Hollywood thinks that I appreciate remaking everything from my younger years. I don't. I don't think we do. I guess maybe I'm wrong about the nostalgia because um, so there are some remakes. I think it's for a new audience. They think like people who haven't seen the original Roadhouse, maybe because there's um, there are movies that I've seen growing up. I'm trying to think of an example. That it was a remake, but I didn't know it was a remake. Oh, like, maybe until, it's like, that now. way. Like, oh, maybe that people was, are like, you know what, what I mean? Roadhouse was a remake? <laughs> what, yeah. 20, 2023's yeah. Roadhouse was a remake? There was a ro Roadhouse in 1989? Are we getting that old? Like, I didn't know that. Like, <laughs> kids, we we are, unfortunately. Like, kids these days, Um, I'm a big Rocky person, obviously. And so the Creed, like, kids these days don't even, like, watching yeah. the Creed movies, they're like, what, Rocky was go a thing? Ghostbusters like, came oh out in the God, 80s? What? <laughs> Indiana yeah. Jones was so, 80s too? What? Yeah. Like, oh my God. I don't like well, it. I don't think that they're I, making I think... this for us. But here's the cool thing about movies were medies in the 90s because it was all new. Ghostbusters was new. It wasn't a reboot. It's right? A Indiana it. Jones was new. It was all new stuff. And you didn't have a lot of the CGI. And what CGI you did have was kind of amazing. And you have all this pride. Everything was amazing. And now it's just kind of like, well, here's a remake. And it's all CGI. It's not magic anymore. No. And back then, when you, you, when you used CGI, you used it sparingly because it was expensive. And it wasn't that advanced. So what CGI you did see was kind of like kind of cool right now it's just like a whole movie is a cg i agree I that's the thing about movies today and this even this movie roadhouse it was magic in its way right it's it's just a fun movie and it's gone man i don't know what happened but i mm -hmm. miss those times so this movie i i remember 1989 katie i'll send you a picture mm -hmm. i have it in my little book here my brother and i we were wearing batman t-shirts so this was maybe this is the movie maybe the last cool movie i don't know about what other movies came out in may but batman had come out in june and then batman took over the rest of 1989 there was nothing else in the world man except so batman I agreed well wrapping up roadhouse do you guys have any kind of final thoughts or about this movie or 1989 I think you just need to appreciate Agreed. it for what it is, which is just a fun action flick with, a, you know, good story and good chemistry and, and good writing. And Sam Elliott is a sexy beast in this movie. And Sam Elliott is a sexy beast. So, like, Patrick Swayze is a good-looking guy. And you, you're like, that's even other guys are like, yeah. that's a good-looking guy. I see why women <laughs> love him. But if, if Patrick Swayze is like, hey, you want to go out back? And I'll have my way with you. I'd be like, no, nah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think I switch. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. like roll that way, Patrick. But I think you're a sexy man. But that's not how I roll. But if Sam Elliott's like, hey, I want to take you behind the roadhouse, I might actually think about it. I won't lie. You know what I'm saying? I might be like, hmm, 80s roadhouse, Sam Elliott. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And yeah. even other guys are like, that's a good, we that, got a that's two some good action right there. Like, I can see why my mom liked this movie when I was, you know, younger. I was like, yeah, I can see why my mom likes this movie. But they also have Kelly Lynch for me. So they got something for everybody. Yeah, and that that the the blonde um, Denise, yeah. oh, who by the way was supposedly only seventeen during the filming of this. Did she lie about her age? She may have, and I think it was like the cusp. Um, she, I think she turned eighteen during the filming, but I think she looks like she's thirty. <laughs> I mean, but I know yeah. people looked older back then than they do now. But yeah, crazy town. Wow. Well. That's fine. That's whatever. I, I'm all right with her. She's cool in my book. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's what I mean. I the reason I thought of her was because you said Kelly Lynch. I'm like, well, there's there's a little like I said, there's something, there's something for, for everybody. In this movie. There really yeah, is. is. And Roadhouse is such a fun movie, and it's easy to see why it attained cult status. As I've mentioned throughout the course of our conversation, I now strongly believe that it's actually a legit good movie. I agree. I dare you. Yes, I dare you listeners to give it a careful rewatch and then let me know what you think. You can do that on YouTube comments, Facebook, or you can also email us at retromadepodcast at gmail.com. While I absolutely do not want to live in this Jasper, Missouri, it was a blast watching these characters and discussing it with you guys for a few hours. I had a blast. And until the next Retromade episode... We must now return to the present day. Oh. I know. Jamie, Milo, I cannot <laughs> thank you guys enough for joining me to reminisce about this insanely action-packed cult classic. Thanks for letting us hang um, out with you. It was loads well, of fun. Yeah, was fun. Yeah, I, I legit had a great time talking with you guys about it. Tell me and listeners what you got going on and where, where we can find you. Well, with us, it's all about the podcast, the 80s and 90s Uncensored. It's on all your podcast players of choice. And uh, you can find us on the social medias at the 80s and 90s com, or just go to our website, the 80s and 90s dot com, and you can get links to whatever we've got going on. Uh, we got more going on there. Cool I write articles and, about the yeah. 80s and 90s on that. We're just all about that That's action. Fine. Yeah. Got our videos up there. We got everything. The 80s and 90s.com is like the one stop shop for everything that we're doing. The aesthetic is very 80s and 90s too. I love it. Yeah. It's fun. It's very fun. And thank you all for listening or watching on YouTube. If you haven't already, please follow the show, share the show, like on Facebook, so we can all be nostalgic together. And until next time, be kind. Rewind.